All right, today we're with my friend Dwayne Thomas. Everybody say hi to Dwayne. I'll wait. Thank you. <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the good spirit. Uh, so whether that is spent a menu, whether that is good mind, where it's finished him on you. Uh, either way, I believe that we are all endowed with uh, the good spirit, the good mind, which is shared between ourselves and uh, that archetype which um, um, imbued us each individually with it. So what do you think about that, Dwayne? Hello, everyone. It's nice to meet all of you. Myself, in addition to being a Mosden, I am also very into the evolutionist theory. I believe that a good soul is progressive and that has to be maintained. And so that there must be, in order for a soul to be good, it must continue to do the things that make it better. The best better that a soul can be would be for the best good. And so that would be the purpose, in my opinion, for even for the soul to exist is to be good and to be better and to create the most potential that it can have through evolution. Okay, well, what if, what if my, this good spirit that is my mind, that my good thinking, my good thought, what if uh, in my endeavors and in my um, strive to be progressive and improve evolutionarily or progressively, what if, what if my good mind or good spirit is in opposition in some way to your good spirit, that, that thing that is shared with you from God? That's an interesting concept because if we're both being good, I don't see that that being a possibility. Well, being that there are levels of goodness. Right, and, I, and what is good for you? Is that going to be the same thing that's good for me? It would have to be because we're both currently existing in an environment. And it it has to reflect that your environment it reflects how good you are as a person. Now, if we were in two completely different environments... Let's assume then what we are. would be good for your environment. Let's assume we are. Let's assume that if we are, I am in America and you are in, let's just pick one, Uganda. Right. Where ethics are going to be different, societal ethics. Extremely. I might go to the ocean, take a piece of squid, wrap it up around a toothpick and eat it, and that be my daily thing or a week's worth of wages. So mm -hmm. it's definitely not something that you would do because... Just the thought of putting a live squid in your mouth is going to be repulsive. Uh, you're going to look at that with disgust, distaste. And in fact, if you were to do it, it would be chewy and hard. But me doing it, that's the goodness of the day. That squid was my nourishment. It's what's going to give you my strength. I'm proud to have it. I bless it because without it, I cannot be. Okay. Well, let's switch gears then. Let's think about it from this point of view. Let's think about it from a uh, an ethical, moral standpoint. So... Uh -huh. For example, uh, in American culture, um, it may be, it is, um, well, presumably it would be, in all Indo-European cultures, it would be a good or an, or an ethical good to uphold truth, the contract, etc. Uh, that isn't necessarily the same case in everyone in all cultures of the world, where if you were to... Um, be wronged by someone we were discussing this earlier if we were wronged by someone would we still uphold that contract that good right 
in right. in in the manner of uh, good mind and good thinking uh, of someone who became your enemy. That's a very interesting pose, and I guess it for me there's no such thing. These are these are rules, if you will, rules that for me that can be bend and manipulated because everything for me I'm a situational person. So to say something across the board is going to be a little bit difficult if to go back to my to the goodness well if you and I are in the same position, the same environment, then we're going to feed off of each other and make our environment better. But here's here's one that I do propose a very controversial issue. Gun laws. You and I have talked about our views on gun laws before. Mm-hmm. I think it's to the greater view and the greater build of my community, we're both in the same one, that even the officers shouldn't own firearms. Mm -hmm. That no person should have the right to own any firearm that was built for the specific purpose of killing another human being. Now, I'm not going to say that hunting rifles and single shot guns that are for specifically for the purpose of hunting those are those are good because that keeps those who want to own their farms for hunting purposes, for legitimate hunting, survival issues, which man has the right to do. That's fine. But there should be no reason anyone should own any weapon that was built for the specific purpose of killing another human being except for special task force individuals. Now, you might have a different view on that, and there... Because you have a different way of how you would protect your community and how you would stand for your community. And so my way wouldn't be good for you. And then would that be a better example of what you're t- talking about, about two goods? Well, maybe. yeah, maybe. Because, okay, let, let's, let's look at it like this then. Let's say we're in the same community. Now, I would say that uh, a Band-Aid on the situation would be to, okay, let's own guns. The violence in the community has become so retarded. By retarded, I don't mean backed up. I mean bad, ridiculous. And so, in the instant we move into this, you and I both move as community. In the instant, it's becomes it's so bad that we have to right now protect our families. Yes. So the way to do that would be to go get a firearm or some kind of protective measure. Now, the point I'm making about a different good. Right would be there, or that the, the good is a good regardless, and not situational as this. From the beginning of that and that culture and that that situation, right, that environment. If from the beginning the good had been practiced, there would be no need for that firearm. Right. So the good is always non-situational. It is a it's a the good is a it's a positive uh, across the board thing. It's a blanket. Now, from a cultural lens, uh, if, if, if you look at something good, for instance, let's go back to your uh, scenario about squid. Um, I, I may think that uh, as a Mazdan, I may think that it is a harmonic creature instead of an Ahuric creature. Therefore, I'm supposed to kill it and not eat it because it's unclean. I'm not saying that is. I'm saying, for yes, example, for if example. it were if it were a scorpion, then I would say, okay, let's kill the scorpions and... Uh, because they're cafostras, uh, which means like a harmonic creature, uh, a creepy thing. So we kill it. It's our duty as a Mosdem. Right. Or at least fleas and fire ants, those things that do not have a positive mark on nature whatsoever. They only irritate. They're pests. So, but if you, that was your diet. Exactly. Uh, if, you, if you lived off the land and you ate scorpions and ants uh, for protein, 
and I'm going around and killing them and smashing them into the ground, then of course then there is a cultural difference. There is a cultural good versus a cultural evil. You, because I'm doing good to kill them in my culture and I'm wasting your food in your culture, it's bad. Because the highest good is survival or, you know. Exactly. And I don't believe that there is any... Because this is an issue of two kingdoms overlapping. And mm-hmm. my To Become a God series, I talk about awareness of other kingdoms that are within around you because we each have our space and we each have our influence. And it's impossible for our influences not to influence mm-hmm. others, you know, because that's also you are part of my kingdom. Sure. And I have to accept that just like I am part of your kingdom. We are mutual parts. Right. Mithra. Mutual. Right. right. Well, sometimes those kingdoms are great. And then sometimes. Like you say, they conflict, and it has to be what's for the better good of this this conflict. And I'm not wanting to give up my land, my tradition, and my culture, but in reality, if I were, because you have this, because you're Mosden, because you have this ritual, you can afford to do that with the, with the scorpion. So it would be beneficial to me and my kingdom to accept your kingdom as the more sovereign rule, because... You have the greater good. Can I do that? Can am I willing to release my culture and over into a more better culture that is that that can survive more and has a more better complexity, I should say, and has better chance of survival? Okay, I did when I gave the example. I wasn't thinking anywhere down the road, but since we are going there, right? And since we are both part of that kingdom, part of that society, we are mutual benefactors, mutual being Mithra, contract bound, friendship, reciprocating. So what about this? What about one good, if it's good for me to do that, but it's it's not good or evil in your eyes, it's, it's, it's not in good thought or good mind to do it, right? What if we were to transform a bad into a good, right? By uh, sharing that responsibility. So... My job is to kill those animals, but your diet consists of those animals, so I kill them, you eat them. You see what I mean? Absolutely. So, so what I'm saying is, if if we look at things in a with a good mind, with good thought, then we're sometimes able to find uh, beneficial beneficial situations that aren't a compromise of ethics. They're they're a compromise in our perspective. Right. Because sometimes it's our perspective that has to change instead of the situation. Exactly. And me, I was showing on my part humility on the part they would have sure, to give yeah. up to the left. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and you spoke, about, get, you spoke get, about your podcast, the, uh, right. the, uh, To Become God. To Become God. And uh, our, let's talk about that for a minute because you, you spoke about something earlier. Uh, I think it was in the same, in one of your episodes that I heard, I think it was the one about good, evil, and sin. Yes, and you talked about uh, the good part of good in that. Explain the part of good in that from that perspective, the and good, how it would deal with good mind, since be, that's the topic. Right, we're. which follows greatly with good mind, because it, to me, good mind is what brings the perspective and brings the tools and the knowledge necessary to bring about a good spirit. Hmm. Because for an order, because the good in that context that I speak about in there is exactly what we're talking about here, which is constructive goodness. Hmm. But that's from a perspective of, of a sovereign, right? Of or, a sovereign, right. right, right. Because you have the choice. What makes you sovereign is you have the choice by your awareness. Because I'm aware that I can take this pencil and put it over here, I get to put that pencil and put it over here and make myself better. 
Sure. And so, therefore, the goodness is knowing that I can improve my spirit by doing good and better things. And the, so, therefore, the better I make my spirit, the more capable I am of doing good and better things. And what other motivation is there than to do even greater good and better things? Mm-hmm. And so, that's that was my sense. Anything that you do that increases the goodness of your spirit is a good deed. Anything that you do that takes away from the goodness of that spirit or makes that spirit bad is evil, is mm-hmm. bad. And, of course, sin, if you listen to my deal, is ignorance and its simplicity, really. Okay, so what about sin and the Mosden concept of uh, excess or deficiency? How does that relate to... That is... I will go math mathematically. Mm-hmm. It relates, say it one more time. Uh, about excess and deficiency. Oh, yeah, excess like and a, deficiency as a type is of both sense. done out of ignorance. Because I don't know that if I just keep guzzling water over and over and over, that my cells are eventually going to get so fat and bloated that they fall apart and I die. Okay, well, so, so let's say, let's say for, for sake of argument that you do know that, right? Right, then but, it's but, knowing ignorance. Right, because which in, is the, in the moment you, you have a craving for... Kool-Aid, whatever it is, right? With right, water. Right. And so you drink it because you're out of out of gluttony or, or excessive yeah, appetite right. or right. right. So what about that? What if you know what the median is and what the good is in that in that golden mean, that, that perfect right. section there, and yet you're willfully um, uh, oppositional to that. So that so that in excess or deficiency, right. I know that my health depends on me being hydrated. Right. And yet I don't. So what what is it in our what is it in the in the faculty, the cognitive faculty of mankind that allows me to be so deficient in that and that knowledge? I mean, I, I know my mind tells me that if I am not properly hydrated, that, that my fun, the, the bodily functions will break down. They won't work as you're supposed to. Or if I'm hyper hydrated, if I, if I get water toxicity. If I know that, why do I? Why does my mind allow my body to do those things in an excessive or deficient manner? Because everything in the world, everything that's created, everything that ever exists, based off of one type of energy, desire. The desire to feel the the pleasure of drinking the Kool Aid overcomes what I think I know will happen if I drink too much. Now I think there is a limit to that because. Out of knowledge and wisdom, which for me is the application of is application knowledge, you try something out and it works or it doesn't work, and so the information you get from applied knowledge is wisdom. So from I gained the wisdom from putting my finger in the flame. I know that flame. I understand that flame. I, I desire to become a part of that flame, so I put my finger in it. Mm-hmm. Ouch. I am not going to willfully do that again. Why? Because I know the consequences. I truly know the consequences. Now, when it comes to gluttony, even I see myself getting huge. I see myself getting overweight. I see that I can't hardly walk. I just still love this, this, these sweets and these Debbies and these cakes and these things that I, I love them so much that it doesn't matter to me. I don't really see myself dying. Uh, in one of in my first astral journey, I experienced the sin of what was to me the northern quarter, and in that cave were a bunch of souls writhing in ecstasy in rot 
and filth, maggots and worms. They just, they were just so caught up in the wonderful feeling that they were getting from this from this mud around them that they did not see that the maggots and the worms and the soil itself was tearing them apart. And so that's why we do it out of ignorance. We don't know that. They don't see for, them, for themselves that they're that they're truly killing themselves. All they see is the fulfillment of that desire. Now that's interesting. <clears throat> let, let me take it to an, another another place here, right? Because I want to talk about that specifically, but from another viewpoint. Absolutely. Let's let's look at it from a perspective of uh, the divine, right? So, from a perspective of Ahura Mazda, who is wisdom, let's take an, an, an omniscient perspective. If if we were endowed with omniscience, we're endowed with. Um, the mind of Ahura Mazda given to us as as a benefactor for our, our own benefactor, right? He is he's given us consciousness, which is the, his essence. But God is Ahura Mazda is omniscient. So if we were to have that omniscience, we would know, and we do have a, a specific brand of it, right? Because, like you said, we know we can see if if I'm getting obese because of my um, indulgent appetites, it's excessive. And and I know that I know that it's I know this bad on my organs. It's bad for my my health. I know that it is bad for my ego. It is bad for everything spiritually and physically, right? Except for my appetite. It is wonderful to my appetite. It's ecstatic, right, to my senses. And yet, it, all my other senses rail against it because I'm in pain. I'm in discomfort and disease. So, since we're talking about good mind. What if, what if we could somehow invoke a higher sense of that good mind from an omniscient perspective, right, and a hurric perspective? What, what, what could we do in order to um, utilize the good mind of God that is given to man, even even the shared between us all? How could we use that willpower, that good mind, from another, a friend, or or a, a uh, uh, mate in order to help us reach that golden mean uh, below excess and, uh, and above deficiency for that, that golden factor. I believe it's going to come from perspective. For me, that knowledge, that omniscience that you speak of is represented by the spirit of Ahura Mazda himself, which is for me is fire. I love that correlation of fire with Ahura Mazda because for me, I see my spiritual, I see the spiritual manifestation of my spirit as a flame, a flame that radiates light that is a particular color and hue that comes from my soul, which is the culmination of all my experiences. And so the greater my flame is, the more light I illumine. The more light I illumine around me, the more truths and, and wonders that I see and that I get to experience. And so... It depends on the amount of God's spirit that I have within me depends upon how omniscient and how much of that knowledge so, and awareness. So that it I has have. to be cultivated individually. Exactly. Which makes goes back to being a good spirit, being a progressive one, mm -hmm. because the whole point is to overcome the darkness, to destroy the darkness and bring about the froshock already. And by doing that, we culminate our good spirit by making it greater than the darkness that's around us. And so that when we come together as individual, flaming, powerful spirits, good spirits, 
we ourselves bring about the frost shock already because there's no room for darkness. It's interesting. So you speak of uh, the, uh, the good mind as being progressive. Another way of saying that is uh, another, another good and probably the best, I would think, uh, English translation of the word spinishta or spenta would be um, instead of progressive is good, but I think the better definition is incremental. And so if we are to cultivate the good mind, then it almost always comes in increments. And it's interesting because usually um, the mind is, uh, and of course, awareness and knowledge and wisdom, those things come on a human level. We become more um, wise on, uh, toward the divine level of enlightenment through ordeals. Yes. And so it's when we go through something like, for example, since we're on that subject, obesity and health problems, then we can come up, if, if we use that in order to incrementally increase our awareness and our good mind, then we can come out on the other side smelling better than we did before we ever uh, went into that uh, lapse of uh, good health because of a lapse of good mind. Right, we become stronger. Mm -hmm. And that's where our experiences come in. That's one of my biggest ordeals that I have because I have some horrendous experiences. And so, therefore, my will is strong because I came out the other side. Would you like to uh, – uh, we're almost out of time today, but if if you would like to uh, engage in that conversation about your experiences, the ordeals that you've been through, I would like to invite you back to do that again uh, yes. some other time. Yeah, anytime. I, uh, mm -hmm. I enjoy speaking. I enjoy debating. And I enjoy discussing and sharing ideas and thoughts. Well, uh, brother, I appreciate you being on with me, and I look forward to uh, us having another conversation. I'm sure it will. All right. Ustate, my brother. Ustate, and Ustate to you who are listening.